0: Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm with my gorgeous, wonderful, intelligent, seriously hardworking <laughs> Walt Disney World love and wife and co-host Michelle. Well, thank you, sweetie. Hi, everybody. So good to have you with us. We are recording this episode on Sunday, May 16th. 2021, and this episode is not a trip recap, as our last three have been. I know, I know that may disappoint some of you out there, but uh, Michelle has a great topic that we're going to explore today that we're very excited about, and we appreciate that you joined us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website,
1: com. and while you're there, you can sign up for our newsletter, and today there's going to be a little something extra discuss that will be in the newsletter for those who subscribe only.
0: More stuff for you. We had stuff for you on this last week for those of you who subscribed in the newsletter. We're going to have new stuff for you this week. Yeah. By the way, if you checked out the the newsletter, if you do subscribe to the newsletter, you know last week that we put out a couple of things. One of those things that we put out there was our slideshow video from our Disneyland trip. It's now out there for everybody to check out. But if you were a subscriber to the newsletter, you got to to see it first, yeah. So there's
1: benefits to signing up for the newsletter.
0: Mm-hmm. So please do that. It's just just another way to kind of be in the Hyperion Adventures podcast world. Another great way to be involved with us is on social media. We have a lot of fun with a lot of you out there on social media. If you're not involved with us yet, please follow us on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. We do have a YouTube channel. That's where you can find that slideshow video as well as some versions of these episodes that we're airing every week as well. Uh, if you want to check us out there, just do a quick search for Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Hit subscribe and you'll know whenever we have a new video. And if you ever want to contact us for any reason, please hit us up at our Gmail account, Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com.
1: And like we say every week, if you have any questions or feedback, we love hearing from you.
0: Mm -hmm. And we did get some interesting feedback this week. And as a matter of fact, it also had to do with that slideshow video from one of our newsletter subscribers. This was emailed to us. It said, hey, Tom and Michelle, I'm currently listening to last week's podcast, your recap of your return to Disneyland. I can't wait to see the special entrance to the Haunted Mansion. And I know Heather, that's his wife, Mm -hmm. will squeal with delight when we finally get to visit. I love the slideshow you posted on your newsletter, but I do have one question about it. Exactly how many masks did Michelle have (laughs) slash wear? It seemed like there were different masks for
1: each photo. (laughs) Would you like to respond to that? Sure, sure. Um, Well, first of all, I think part of this has to do with the fact that, you know, working in the medical field, I wear, you know, one of those generic plain masks all the time, every day. And so it was fun getting to try some more uh, entertaining masks. I was really impressed with the ones that they had at Disneyland and and that the cost was actually cheaper than the same identical masks at Walt Disney World.
0: Yeah, now don't quote us on this, but when we went there on that weekend right. they were $6 per mask, right. which is
1: pretty low but, price. Yeah, like $4 less than right. Disney World. Um but anyways, uh, yeah, they you know especially the one that they had that talked about the magic is back and everything. So kind of like as our day was going on and we'd go into stores and and they'd you know based on the store may have certain themes you know like Star Wars or you know the the uh, reopening et cetera. Then I picked up a few. She picked <laughs> up a few and wore a few during that
0: day. Three different photos depending on what location we were in the park. So yes, uh, she did have. She was, she's like a diva. She needs to do a, an outfit change with her mask every once in a while. It's all so. about theming,
1: <laughs> Disney pounding. <laughs> yes.
0: So he went on to say, anywho, keep up the great work. And as we all know, Michelle has the best <laughs> masks. Scott awesome. in Minnesota. Thank you so much. Yes, yeah, Scott, thank you very much. Again, uh, we really appreciate the input from any of you out there, and uh, we like to bring them up on the show. Yeah. Those are funny things. So um, speaking of masks, I think we should touch on this right away before we even get into this episode. Um, as you probably already know, uh, the CDC came out this week and announced that if you're fully vaccinated, you no longer have to go around wearing a mask in most locations. They, you still need to be wearing them. If you are going into a um, a medical situation right. like a hospital or a clinic or so forth, um, at uh, some healthcare facilities, at some of the um, like elderly care facilities, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, of course, anywhere there, there's public transportation and anywhere that's uh, mandated, federally mandated, and uh, restaurants and you know other businesses can decide on their own on what whether they allow it or not. Right. Now, remember though. For those of you out there that are not fully vaccinated, that that rule isn't supposed to apply to you. (laughs) You're still supposed to be wearing your mask all the time. So um, in correspondence with this, the theme parks in Florida have um, kind of addressed this situation, have made some changes to their policy, Mm -hmm. and that includes Walt Disney World, who just the other day decided, you know, once these came down, Look, from now on, if you are fully vaccinated, and actually they, they don't say that, but it should be if you're fully vaccinated, <laughs> when you're in the outdoor common areas, you no longer have to wear a mask. You still have to wear a mask when you're in, in a queue. That could be even outside in a queue for any attraction, any indoor space, whether it be a shop, a restaurant, et cetera. You still have to wear a mask. Any of the transportation, you still have to wear a mask. But you now can walk around World Showcase without your mask on if you're fully vaccinated.
1: Right. And again, um, you know, like you said, if it's a federal or state requirement for masks, then, you know, we still want to promote that everybody follows the regulations. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's kind of nice to know that. Uh, another light at the end of the tunnel is, Mm -hmm. is appearing.
0: They're also um, taking away. Then they're no longer be doing the six feet, six foot spacing, Mm -hmm. at least within the uh, queues for the attractions. They still are going to be doing that in the restaurants, Mm -hmm. Uh, but they're shortening that to three feet now, approximately. So um, that's going to help a few things as well. So I'm just following some CDC guidance. Now, remember again, they didn't say they're not going to be checking everybody to see if you're fully vaccinated when you go into the park. So, of course, there are going to be people that aren't fully vaccinated that will be going without masks. If you're not fully vaccinated, please wear a mask. Please go get vaccinated if you right. can do it. I mean, I know there's some people out there that, you know, for health reasons or whatever, they can't do it. But, um Michelle shaking her head right now. No. <laughs> there are some people who feel that because of the health reasons. Why don't you explain it to me? Rather than us just shaking your head, you are in the medical industry. You are dealing with vaccinations in your clinic every day. Right. Um, why don't, in case there's anybody who's on the fence out there, why don't you tell them what you know?
1: Well, um, you know, and in, in the information is readily available and, you know, been out there. There, you know, are situations that originally, and they're kind of laxing off now, even with um, delaying possibly getting a, a vaccine. So, for example, if somebody's had another type of vaccination, say for shingles or something like that, there there was a, a recommendation to delay it, uh, and now that it's coming to uh, younger kids, twelve and up, then they're saying that that doesn't really necessarily necessarily need to be um postponed Mm. you know getting the COVID vaccine so um you know we just recommend everybody to get it yeah and i agree i think
0: everybody should get it everybody who can get it which is pretty much everybody can get it. it doesn't cost you anything go out there and get it let's knock this thing out and then you can enjoy these, this going through and, and you know, not having to wear a mask everywhere. And Also, the main thing is not getting sick. Right. I mean, that's the most important thing. Not getting yourself sick, not getting others around you who may have not been vaccinated. Again, if everybody gets vaccinated, we don't have to worry about this. Um, not getting the other people sick. Just go out there and get that done. And if you got the first shot, go get the second shot. Yes, there are sometimes, not everybody encounters this, but there sometimes are side effects where you might get some chills, a fever, a headache, some body aches, some you know, you might be a little lethargic or whatever, but that pretty much ends in within 24 hours with virtually everybody we've come encountered to with this had this. So it's not that bad. You can survive 24 hours over getting something that really could knock you down for, A week's maybe worse, you know. So go get there and get this done.
1: Yeah. Or the Johnson and Johnson, one and done.
0: Or the Johnson & Johnson, but just note with the Johnson & Johnson, it is one and done. And, you know, it's not as effective as the others, but at least it's one and done, you know. So um, and also, just because you had your second shot, you're not fully vaccinated yet. There's another two-week period after that to let it all kind of kick in before you were officially fully vaccinated. So take that into account as well. But no matter what, whether you are vaccinated, unva- well, if you're an unvaccinated, Wear a mask. If you're vaccinated and you go to the parks and you still want to wear your mask, there's no problem with that. (laughs) Do it. Don't worry about it. Go out there and wear your mask and wear it proudly. Wear another great, change your <laughs> masks like Michelle is. That's fine. Whatever you're most comfortable with, go out there and, and do the, what you feel is best for you.
1: Exactly. So,
0: sorry, I just wanted to get into that really quickly because I think it's a big news out there for right now. Mm-hmm. And I think it was important for us to address it right off the start of the show.
1: Right. And we're probably going to see quickly some changes even in the state of California. So yeah. by the time people are listening to this, it may even change be changed. Right.
0: Uh, As of when we're recording this today, uh, California, is still you still have to wear a mask when you're at Disneyland and and in most locations Mm -hmm. throughout California. But that doesn't mean that that will not change sometime in the near future. But just as of right now, only Walt Disney World right now can you go and walk around in the outdoor areas uh, without a mask. Now, let's get away from that and get to this week's show. We have lots of stuff for you on this week's show, including we now know some of the initial pricing for Disney's Mm -hmm newest ship that we're very excited about. We'll tell you all about that. There's been a change to a fan favorite event that's coming to Southern California next year. We'll tell you about that. They did this for Michelle, apparently, (laughs) and I'll tell you why that is as well. And we'll also talk about the highly anticipated Disney film that will once again have another one being released simultaneously in theaters. And on Disney Plus. But yes, let's get to our main topic of the week. So that's right, we're getting back to our countdown leading to October 1st of this year. And the big anniversary date for the most magical place on earth. That's right. It's our countdown to Walt Disney World's 50th birthday. This time is part two of that series. If you want to go back, if you didn't listen to it already, go back last month to part one. Uh, where Michelle was breaking down some of the history of this, and she's going to continue that today with an episode I believe you're calling Disney's Land. Is that
1: correct? <laughs> That's correct, yeah. um, because we're going to talk about the the land purchase um, and the development for the Florida project, so you like how... Did that Uh, Disney's Land. I like it. Yeah. I like it. So, yeah, Michelle bringing
0: her always wonderful, the best research to the table once again as we're going to look back at some of the history of Walt Disney World. We're going to continue this series, by the way, all the way through until October, one episode of this a month until that point. Michelle has all sorts of interesting stuff she's going to be talking about. And I can't wait to hear more about Disney's Land today. So, Michelle, please
1: take it away. Well, thank you. Thank you, everybody. I hope it's interesting. Um, um, so to start off, it seems reasonable that we we'll want to hear from the man himself, Walt Disney, as he announced the location and the amount of land. And following that, we're going to get into details of how the land, uh, how the company acquired all that land and how they went about developing swamp land. And then lastly, looking at some of their commitment to conservation and environmental stewardship. So Uh, Are you ready? I'm I'm fired up for this because Michelle
0: always brings the best (laughs) topics to the table. So I can't wait to hear this.
1: All right, well, take it away, Mr. Disney.
2: As you can see on this map, we have a perfect location in Florida, almost in the very center of the state. In fact, we selected this site because it's so easy for tourists and Florida residents to get here by automobile. Now in larger scale on this map, Our Florida land is located partly in Orange County and Osceola County, between the cities of Orlando and Kissimmee. And the important thing is that the Disney World is located just a few miles from the crossing point of Interstate 4 and Sunshine State Parkway. Florida's major highways carrying motors east and west and north and south to the center of the state. Now, that's 12 miles from here up to here. And the whole area encompasses 27,400 acres. That is 43 square miles, twice the size of the island of Manhattan. Here in Florida, we have something special we never enjoyed at Disneyland. The blessing of size. There's enough land here to hold all the ideas and plans we could possibly imagine.
1: All right. So... You know, kind of a look back in history, um, you know, of Walt and in the decision for um, the land. Mm -hmm. Um, But the final decision to make. Disneyland East Coast, uh, in Florida, was made by Walt actually on November twenty second, nineteen sixty three, and that was after touring some various sites along the East Coast, including like DC mm-hmm. and uh, you know other areas. Um, but the reason that day it's kind of um, monumental was it was actually the day that President Kennedy was shot. Mm. And uh, there was a team of executives with Walt who were actually finishing up that East Coast tour on that day. And they landed in New Orleans to refuel. And that's where they heard the news. And so, you know, it was kind of a solemn flight, you know, from there back to to California. And it was during that flight that Walt kind of broke the silence there. And he said, well, that's the place, Florida. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's where the decision was made. And it moved on from there. So I know that a lot of people already know about the secret land purchases, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and so some of this might be might be news to some people, and for some, they may already know it, but, you know, just to kind of go over a synopsis of how this happened. So after that announcement was made, um, Walt uh, decided to put his legal counsel, Bob Foster, in charge of getting that land, and he kind of just told them, go out and buy a lot of land, you know, because that was the challenge that they were facing here in the West Coast. So what did he do? Bob Foster came up with a pseudonym and he called himself Bob Price uh, really as a way to try to avoid tracing any of the things he was doing to the walt disney company um but interestingly in my research i found out not only did he have a secret name but roy disney uh when he was kind of l- going out to florida to look at some of the land had also a secret name and he- max powers <laughs> i know right <laughs> no he max actually called powers. Them- <laughs> wow very good <laughs> i don't know why i didn't think of that <laughs> He actually came up with Roy Davis and he did that because, well, one, well, his first name is Roy, but it matched the, the initials on his luggage. <laughs> so it was the easy way to keep it concealed. <laughs> Ron Glass. Yes. yes. <laughs> he had a Glass in the
0: table. I'm going to call myself
1: Glass. There you go. Yes. There you go. So, um, Bob Foster, who was calling himself Bob Price during these deals, um, was interviewed uh, um, several years back on one of the anniversaries. And, you know, and he, he, he was describing what he went through. And and he he mentioned that there was an area of like 12,000 acres in Central Florida. Um, But he started researching the ownership and the titles. And he thought, oh, my God, this is going to be a nightmare. Because what he found out was all that area had been subdivided into five acre lots and, you know, like in 1912 and sold by a guy named Mr. Munger through mail order, no less, (laughs) to a variety of people. Where's the catalog for that? I know, I know. So, um, you know, when it came time to do some initial presentations to Walt and the committee. um, So, I mean, can you really imagine trying to buy up all these five acre lot individually through, you know, individuals that, you know, were all over the country. Um, And what if like some of them owned multiple lots and didn't want to sell all of them, Mm -hmm. you know, so I mean, I could see where he saw this as quite a daunting task. So he actually found some other property. And during a meeting with Walt and some of the committee, he said, I've actually um, found some area near Daytona Beach hmm. so he, he recalls actually in that meeting this is a, a quote from Bob he said then came the unequivocal sign of Walt's disapproval no words no gestures <laughs> just an arched eyebrow <laughs> and then oh, followed you never want to see the yeah. arched eyebrow from Walt, <laughs> Walt that's, right? a, that's a bad sign for exactly. sure Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, but Walt did then make a comment and he said Bob what the hell are you doing way up there <laughs> You know, he really felt that it was too far north out of the temperate zone that they were really looking for. So Bob Foster had to re-go back and look at how is he going to get this and how is he going to negotiate with these owners? Again, daunting, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, For
0: sure. (laughs) mean, I just couldn't imagine having to go through this. I know, know. I know. I mean, thousands probably of people, and still, and trying to be as secretive as possible about it. You know, not let and not catch on to what you're doing there in this area and and buying
1: all these plots of land. Right. So, interestingly, when he was, you know, going to visit these people, and again, they were all over the country, he was finding a lot of them. Actually never went to Florida ever. Never went to their plot of land. So it's just that they had it, you know. Uh, but he did share an interesting story about somebody he met that had that had some of the property, and he, it was somebody that was lived in the Ap- Appalachian Mountains of Tennessee. Okay. And and Bob Foster recalls that he got there like at seven a.m. to meet with this guy, and he said by nine a.m. he had sampled the owner's wild cherry wine. <laughs> had some upside down cake, and been treated to a session of self-taught banjo. Wow. (laughs) I know, right? sounds like a
0: pretty good afternoon.
1: Exactly. I may want to
0: do that this afternoon.
1: (laughs) The owner actually said that the way he got that property was from uh, an uncle in trade for a cultivator and a mule. (laughs) Pretty cheap land at that time. (laughs) Times were different then. Right, (laughs) exactly. There wasn't um, any Bitcoin or uh, Dogcoin yeah. or whatever going <laughs> no, for that one at that I know, point. right? No. Yeah. Mm. Again, mail order. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but also one of the last major big chunks of land was like over 7,000 acres in Osceola County that was owned by the state senator, Erlo Bronson. And uh, he had it for cattle ranching operations. And if anybody has. Uh, lives in Florida or traveled to Florida, you probably know 192 is actually named Erlo Bronson Memorial Highway. Mm-hmm. So that, uh, but that is you know where a big chunk of of the land that Disney World is on came from. Wow. So going back to some other ways of keeping it secret, uh, obviously in addition to his his fake name, they created a family of of corporations to kind of hide you know, who some of these buyers were. And, you know, one was the Reedy Creek Ranch Lands, uh, the Bay Lake Properties, Inc., the Latin America Development and Management Corporation, and the Tomahawk Properties, Inc. (laughs)
0: It's no truth that when you get your DVC contract that those are the titles that are on the bottom of it. And I, 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 that, I, I cannot confirm that rumor, but it does seem like those are going to be the names <laughs> right, of many right. of these things when you get your DVC contract. True, the, when you're purchasing like these that. things from. Yes, <laughs> that's a very good
1: point. No, those are those are funny names. They, yeah. they are, and you know they're. You know, nods to a lot of this stuff is actually on Main Street USA. You can find some of the, you, you might recognize some of these mm-hmm. things there on the windows. Um, but Bob was very guarded. And uh, he recalls even this one particular reporter, Charlie Wadsworth, who was really pretty persistent on trying to find out who was buying up all these, you know, land properties in in Florida. And Bob described how he, he said, if Bob only knew how many times that he was shoved into a coat closet, and then out a side door of the Florida ranch lands offices, as Charlie was entering in <laughs> the front door, just barely missing him. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that it was, you know, it was something that was, you know, pretty comical, I guess, in the process. So, mm-hmm. um, and one of the other things that I thought was pretty ingenious, it's a simple thought, too was bob would not typically fly directly from florida back to burbank so he uh, on, on occasion would fly actually into st louis and then spend some time with his mother so people wouldn't you know again oh somebody's buying land in florida and then going over to california it was in st louis and I think i've been routed on that way to go to to Orlando at <laughs> right? times. It's
0: like, why do we have to fly through St. Louis or Chicago to get to Orlando? That it's doesn't make any history. sense from San Diego.
1: <laughs> I know. but Now really, we know, yes, it's yeah, the history. That's, that's why. Right. Okay. But he was successful at drawing the scent off of the D- Disney company because McDonald Aircraft was headquartered in St. Louis. So um, at one point, it, th- it was announced uh, on reliable authority that the mystery industry was uh, McDonald Aircraft. So mm-hmm. kind of... Kind of helped in that process to, uh, like I said, draw attention away from the Disney company. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, you got to kind of go stealthy, and yeah, you never know who could be keeping track of. I know, like now in San Diego, when you know there've been free agents and stuff that've been brought in here, that there's people out there now that will like track. Planes right. heading out, you know, knowing like this is coming from the city, I believe this player is aboard right. or this coach or whatever. And they're like, I think this could be the guy, and right? So, I mean, easier now, obviously, than it was back sure. in the, the 60s, but just the same, you know, some intrepid reporters out there, right? I'm sure, can, can do the do the math, do the studying, and eventually they did, did right? Kind of figure right. this all out, yeah. yeah.
1: And I'm sure as more and more people were, you know, more and more lands properties were bought, it drew, just kept drawing more and more attention to the story. Um, but ultimately in October of 1965, uh, the Orlando Sentinel carried a, a headline banner that said, we say mystery industry is Disney. Mm-hmm. And so as they say, the rest is history. It did come out that it was Disney uh, company purchasing this for the, for a purpose of having uh, Disneyland east coast as well as some other things which we talked about in the Mm -hmm. last episode here or last uh, episode of the countdown oh yes yes so um and so even you know the disney company had walt and roy do press conferences and really start talking about this more um but obviously the biggest intention for the secrecy was because of the costs, mm-hmm. the costs associated with the purchasing, you know, and and the costs range differently, obviously, with each plot of land. But the average, before the announcement, was one hundred and eighty dollars per acre. And once it came out, it it even soared over $300,000 sure. an acre. Yeah, so. that's
0: exactly what they were trying to avoid by, you know, dodging the story or trying to be so secretive about it is because, of course, if you know Disney is desperately trying to buy right. your land, you're like, you really want this land? Well, you're going to pay five times what it's worth for right. it, you know, if you really want it that badly. Or, exactly. You know, I mean, of course that that's going to happen. So I understand why they tried to do it as secretive as possible.
1: Right. So, um, I couldn't find this particular topic in any of my research with reliable resources. Um, but I personally can recall a time that I was at Disney, Disney World and I was attending a management training conference there. And somebody from Disney who worked there had actually talked a little bit about this to the group and and admitted that not all of the land there, was successfully purchased so like there were a few plots kind of in the middle of things that people were not willing to sell um, but the Disney company did make arrangements with those families that owned the property to eventually make it uh, an agreement that for example that they wouldn't will it to somebody else that they would will it to Disney but at a certain price or whatever for the mm. family. Um, I, I can't remember the specific details but You know, to that effect that they would eventually get all the land, but they had to allow for some other owners to be on that prop, have ownership of some of their property around them. I'm not moving my trailer out of the (laughs) middle of world showcase. I'm sorry. (laughs) I do think they probably paid a lot to try to get some... uh, accommodation so that it wouldn't be disruptive to operations yeah, of the company. I'm but sure. yeah. So now they have all this land, this undeveloped land. And like, what, what next? What do you do? Like, what would you do? <laughs> I mean, we have a hard time trying to figure out how to, you know, decide paint color on a wall. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. Flooring, paint colors yeah. on walls. Yeah. We're struggling with all that. So. <laughs> but anyway, so they, they, they went uh, and, decided as they do with everything is kind of come up with a lead person. And uh, so Disney hired William E. uh, Joe Potter, who was an engineering and logistic planning genius of the Mm. time. Uh, who joined the company then in 1965 as vice president of Florida planning. And so he was the one that really oversaw all the construction of the infrastructure, uh, even the underground utility and the sewer system that was coming from him, Mm. um, you know, which was pretty revolutionary at that time. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and then he also developed drainage canals for the whole property and and they were known as Joe's Ditches. Joe's Ditches. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's why I'm, I hope he has a window because I'd like to know better than just uh,
1: yeah. Everybody else has got a window on Main Street right. USA. <laughs> I got a ditch. Thanks. Well, well actually <laughs> he has several kind of cool things. Um you might remember hearing about Admiral Joe Potter. Mm-hmm. Um right. you know related to Liberty Square and things like mm-hmm. that. So yeah, there was some nods to him for sure. Good. Good. Yeah so the following information i i will be honest about it i got it from the tampa bay Times, so i don't know how reliable they are but it made sense and it kind of paralleled some other bits and pieces of stories that i've heard Mm -hmm. in terms of how they um took this very you know rugged or wild land Mm -hmm. and developed it um but one of the things that i thought was Interesting, and again, this could just be a urban legend. But they said uh, on on a boat ride through the canal, through one of the canals, um, Potter brought a gun because he was concerned with snakes and gators and things. Like <laughs> There's that. none of those things in Florida. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but they he did realize they had to do something about Bay Lake because the actual authentic lake was, was pretty ugly you know it had dark color and not smelling always great so um they pumped out 500 million cubic yards of sand added well water and cleaned the lake's bottom uh to turn it into the beautiful our water that we to know today yeah, yeah. right one of
0: our favorite spots to
1: to just stare out at all the time for sure right um you know and it's also said that that dirt that was removed from that lagoon actually became the foundation for the magic kingdom theme park. Mm. So there you go. Bay Lake, Bay Lake dirt, people's magic kingdom so um it said that like uh, any good military man potter listened to his commander walt disney when walt described how hard it was to maintain the fantasy in disneyland when the realities of things like garbage and dumpsters Mm -hmm. um really couldn't be completely hidden away Mm -hmm. and that's where um Potter developed that work around of having the underground tunnel system. The Utilidors. The Utilidors, yeah. right. He was also very cognizant of the issue of mosquitoes. Uh, he had In Florida. Yeah, I know. There's no snakes. I there's, know. No,
0: <laughs> there's no alligators.
1: There's no mosquitoes right? in Florida. What? <laughs> what are you thinking? Yeah. But um, you know, as an engineer, he he was interested in the Panama Canal and had had gone out there and he saw you know, uh, issues of malaria. It was a big thing with (laughs) that. of The Panama Canal fever and uh, malaria. Yeah. Right. So, uh, he realized that, um, water had to be moving, always moving. And so that was, you know, what he took into consideration when, you know, designing things, especially around water at Walt Disney world. So, um, that was something that, you know, he even shared with Walt that, you, if you have water, it's either, uh, got to be running off or moving. Hmm. So in some, and so that was always taken into consideration. Um, he was instrumental in developing the Reedy Creek, uh, division and made it its own government. Mm. So Disney would have complete control over building roads, zoning codes, and even build a power plant if they wanted to. Mm. They he, they really did get quite a lot of autonomy during that time. I know things have changed. But at that time, it was pretty uh, interesting that they were able to accomplish that, I'm, and it obviously made things move quicker, right? I'm sure a
0: lot of the you know the government uh, officials in Florida are just like, uh, "What do you want? Sure, <laughs> we just want you here, right? Because we know what you did with Disneyland, right? Exactly. And we can expect that well, this is going to suddenly bring in a lot more influx of people here. Right. So yeah, what do you want? You got it, you know, up to a uh, up to a certain point. But I'm sure that they would go over and above, sure. what they would have for. Uh, uh, many other
1: companies for uh, bringing a, a a Disney resort into right. their state, right? And you know the Disney company brand was just such a positive thing, and that you know whether you're talking about from Disneyland, the the theme park, or the movies, everything was very much family focused, and so there was a lot of trust in the company to be able to provide them that, that much autonomy. I don't know that in this day and age that would ever happen. No, well,
0: nothing yeah. can happen like that. I mean, yeah. I think that
1: there are certain places where
0: certain, certain companies and have a little more leeway to mm-hmm. get things done than other stuff. Um, but in other places, but, um, I can't imagine, you know, the things that some, many companies got away with in the, right. you know, 60s and earlier, right. and even into the 70s and 80s, um, just aren't likely to happen today, right.
1: for sure. Right, exactly.
0: For sure. But I mean, really, I mean, when you look at the Orlando or, you know, in the Kissimmee area. I mean, when you think about, you know, trying to lure people in, I mean, this isn't Miami. You right. know, this isn't Tampa. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't even Jacksonville. I mean, any of these coastal cities, you know, where uh, people are like, yeah, well, you can come into our town. We have these glorious beaches right. and the water and everything. Central Florida is like... Yeah, but what do we really got? (laughs) We got a lot of oranges here.
1: Right. You know,
0: so I'm I'm sure they were willing to bend over even more backwards to, you know, have people, give people a reason to come to this area more than some of these other locations. Right,
1: exactly. And as we heard in Walt's presentation, you know, having it situated near some, you know, already existing highways was an important Mm -hmm. factor as well, so... Yeah, transportation
0: always a, a big fa- factor when you're trying to plot out something like this.
1: Right. All right. So that's kind of, you know, basic of how they actually had to, you know, start developing this land to build uh you know, the theme park on. Uh, But another interesting topic is conservation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you're talking about Disney's land, it was an important topic even from the very beginning. So Walt Disney himself once said that conservation isn't just the business of a few people. It's a matter that concerns all of us. And that's pretty forward thinking, you know, back in the early 60s right, to be considering conservation and, you know, what a company needs to do and be responsible for. I mean, you, you know, people were already very much in love with Walt's um, TV series that, that talked about different lands throughout the world and, and watching, you know, nature and mm-hmm. animals, but he really felt it was an important part of his his company and business mission. So it, it was interesting to see that was that foundation was already there with Disney's land um, and it continues on to today
0: I right mean, more more solar panels and everything else being put into place out there to help run Disney
1: friends right to, to now exactly you must you must be a mind reader because that was the next thing I was going to say is you know from the earliest nature movies in the 50s and setting aside what they they did was set aside one-third of Walt Disney World Resort property uh, dedicated to wildlife conservation uh, and more recently, the development of 270 acres of solar facility. Um, Obviously, it's a continuation of their legacy for preserving nature. And uh, in 2020, they were pleased to announce that they had met their environmental goals and then came up with a very ambitious set of new goals for 2030 uh, from achieving net zero emissions from direct operations to net waste going to landfills from their wholly owned and operated parks and resorts. Nice. So, Really big commitment uh, from the start, and and that as I mentioned, that legacy is continuing. So it's just great to see that purchasing this property, yes, brought a lot of business avenues and revenues for that company, but they did it in a responsible way, mm-hmm. and it, it's great to to see that continue.
0: Yeah, and and you can correct me if I'm if I'm wrong on this, but I believe that when they uh, decided to develop this land and mm-hmm. everything, they they portioned off and it's like we will never develop more than a certain percentage of it. There will always be this certain part of it that will never be developed for right. um, anything like, a, you know, another park or another resort, right. whatever it is. It's it's always going to be, and they 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 haven't met that threshold yet. They still have more land that they use, right. and yet they still purchase more land to kind of offset some of the things right. they exactly. do to this day. So, exactly. you know, they're, they're still, yeah, like you said, they're, they're still very concerned with making sure that
1: the conservation is a a part of their goals as they move forward exactly so anyways that's my look back at disney's land and how it really helped produce what we all know and love now is walt disney world orlando very nice
0: it was a you know if if you want to go back michelle did a great job of breaking it down again uh Thank you, Michelle. Always your research is always spectacular. Um, But, you know, if you go back and and listen to some of the stories, if you once we get back to doing tours at Walt Disney World, uh, they tell some some of the tours will tell Mm -hmm. stories about uh, the purchasing of this land and everything. And it's it's fascinating to me what they went through uh, to get this all done and and what they continue to do to this day to make sure that, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. one. Yes. uh, Disney World is one of the premier vacation locations in the entire entire world but also that it's uh, it it is somewhat planet as pr- planet friendly as it possibly can be right. considering what they're doing with the area there sure. so um it, it's always fascinating and again Michelle always brings the best research <laughs> to the table great
1: job Oh thank you hope you liked
0: it Nah I liked it very much I always find out new stuff whenever we listen to some of your segments I mean I knew a lot of this stuff but I always there's plenty of stuff that I didn't know. I'm always fascinated with, and I hope you, that you out there in the listening audience are uh, experiencing the same thing. And Thank you. Next month we will be heading into part three of our countdown. Mm-hmm. We still have, have June, July, August, September as we lead to October first right. uh, to get back to you know that big birthday, that 50th birthday celebration. Yeah,
1: that we'll be at. Yeah, we're looking. Oh, that's exciting. I looking, know. That's very exciting. Yeah. So have our room, have our park. Reservation. Yeah, we're gonna be at Magic to Kingdom on uh, right? on
0: October first, right? We yes. have our park reservation for that, so that's that is exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing what they come up with in the next few months. I'm pretty sure here as they kind of get more ideas, mm-hmm. and you know, we 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 talked about it already. The masks coming off. You know, some of the social distancing, being able to, you know, push some things in together. We saw some more work on the Harmonious Barges. Like, right. maybe that's coming around mm-hmm. here sooner than later. I can't wait to see all the things they start to eventually drop on us as we get closer to that Yeah, it's an exciting time. It is, it is. So, thanks, Michelle. Uh, great job, as always. And that is our s- part two of our countdown to Walt Disney World's 50th birthday. This one entitled, Disney's Land. again, sweetheart. Oh, always you. a fantastic job. Michelle's research, always <laughs> the best research. Michelle, Michelle's topics, always the best topics. Funny. Let's get to our Disney stories of the week. We do have a few for you this week, and this is a big week because we know that if you are looking to get a shot at that Disney wish to get aboard that cruise, well, your window may be opening up as early as this week, and we received a peek into the baseline pricing that uh, for the first several sailings up and through September, and we wanted to go through a little bit of that with you in case you were looking to sail on Disney Cruise Line's
1: newest ship in its first few months. Yeah, it's really exciting, and it's great to see that they're, you know— giving advance notice for that, those pricing. So that when people, as you mentioned, their window starts opening this week, that they can actually have some some knowledge of what some of the the uh, pricing is to kind of consolidate what time frame it is to be on that call.
0: Right. And uh, yeah. So also there's not people out there who are calling in just to find out pricing. Right. That's the only way the first few days are only by phone. There's no online uh, availability right. for it. So, yeah, that that will help keep people from necessarily having to call and then not even book. You know, you're just right. using up uh, operators, using up uh, customer service, cast members, uh, using up phone lines just to kind of, uh, you know, just try and find out what the price is. So um, so here are some of these prices now. Um, know that going in that these prices are just what the baseline price that they're starting out at. As these cabins go, as they they, they, they will start changing that price, it right. will start going up. So, But this is the baseline pricing that they released for some of the first few cruises. Now these prices are for two people based on two passengers. Mm-hmm. They do include the taxes and the port charges within it. So know that going in. So if you are looking to do that inaugural Ooh. cruise, the very first cruise, which is a uh, five-night Bahamian cruise from Port Canaveral. That's the Disney Wish Maiden Voyage. It's not cheap, okay? <laughs> Just know that going in, you're, you're going to be paying a lot right. for this. It is five nights. It is going to be quite an experience, one you'll probably never forget, but it's not cheap. So here is the pricing breakdown, again, initially, and in will it there's a good chance it will change by the time you get in there. But this is what they initially set at. So this will sail on Thursday, June 9th, 2022. As I said, a five-night sailing. And so if you're looking to book an inside cabin for two people, it $5,769, Five thousand seven hundred and sixty-nine dollars. Okay, not cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, for an ocean view cabin, just it actually isn't that much worse. It's only five thousand nine hundred and sixty-nine dollars for a veranda. It's six thousand three hundred sixty-nine dollars. And if you want to go top notch and go concierge, these are starting <laughs> prices, by the way. There's different levels within right. these. Uh, the concierge is $9,439. Right. So that, not that, cheap for that no. first
1: Th- That first level of concierge is, um, they actually do have concierge now with, uh, without verandas, just ocean views, which the other ships don't have that for the um, concierge levels. Right. But yeah.
0: And we're not talking about that that tower, that no. two floor <laughs> tower suite for this $9,439. No. Don't be thinking you're getting that. But still, you know, it's, um, again, it, it's up to you on what you want. I mean, it's going to be experience. It's going to be something that very few people are going to get the chance to do to sail on the maiden voyage mm-hmm. of the Disney wish. And maybe that's worth it to you. It's, it's a bit pricey for us. Right. <laughs> I don't think we'll be on that sailing, but, uh, you know, that's still, it, it's there for you if you want right, to do it. Right.
1: Right. You know, and, and I have to say looking, you know, at the pricing and for what it is being an inaugural sailing, yes, it's very expensive, but I can't say that I would think that it's astronomically expensive for what you're getting. So, anyways.
0: Now, if you want to wait a couple uh, more sailings, uh, the second sailing is actually a DVC member cruise. I'll get into that in just a little bit here. Uh, But the ones immediately after that that you can purchase just for for cash. You don't need to be a Disney Vacation Club member to Mm -hmm. go into. Uh, The first one is a three-night Bahamian cruise from Port Canaveral. That'll be sailing on Friday, June 17th of 2022. And uh, that is Uh, For an inside cabin, they start at $3,027. For an ocean view cabin, they start at $3,075. For a veranda, that's $3,255. And concierge for Uh, Mm $4,243. That's quite a cut in price uh, between, obviously, it's a couple fewer nights and it's not the main voyage. But if you can wait a couple extra weeks and you you still get pretty early on, um, that's not bad. Right, right. Now, if you want to do the Fortnite, which is the very next one that sails on Monday, June twentieth, uh, for an inside, it's four thousand eighty-five dollars. Uh, Ocean view, it's four thousand one hundred forty-nine dollars. Veranda, four thousand three hundred eighty-nine dollars, and a concierge is five thousand seven hundred twenty-eight dollars. Again, um, not terrible. Right. It's not a great price, but again, if you want to be on one of those
1: first few sailings, it's not ridiculous. Right, right. You know, I mean. Considering vacate, people haven't been vacationing in so long that maybe you might decide to splurge Right, like that. you may have
0: some extra money saved up because you haven't been vacationing right. and maybe you wanted to go for that. So, um, now if you wanna wait a little longer, the prices do get a bit better. They're still not gonna be great because look, it's the first few sailings mm-hmm. of this ship. Um, so, but if you wanna wait the, a couple months later, like you could be looking into September where the, that's how long these prices they extend out to is only till September right, right now. So uh, the least expensive dates will be in September as they are right now. Uh, and the prices for the three-night sailing start at $1,827 for that Ocean View cabin starting at. Right.
1: That's not that's, terrible. No, it's pretty, pretty significant reduction. <laughs> right.
0: And for uh, the four-night sailing, uh, they start at 2000 uh, $61.
1: Wow. So, so that's um, like cut in half. Right. The other sailings were about a, averaging somewhat around the $1,000 a day range, and that's
0: right so if you don't mind waiting a couple extra months yeah. if you want to save a little money um, those are possibly some options again I've said this already but I want to make sure I reiterate it uh, these are the prices as they are set going in they will change as people start booking these cabins as as uh, you know the capacity starts being taken right. up supply so and demand yes uh, so just be prepared for that if these prices aren't what you run into when you try and book right. uh, know that again I've said this many times if you wanna do these sailings, book as early as possible because that is gonna be the best possible rate, right? especially for right. something that is gonna be as popular as these cruises. Now, if you wanted, if you are a DVC member and you are looking to do that DVC member cruise, it is a three-night cruise departing on June 14th. The points total start at 177 per guest. That's for that baseline right. inside cabin. And they go all the way up to 1266 <laughs> points per guest. For that two-story <laughs> tower suite. <laughs> now, also note that that DVC member cruise is not a traditional DVC member cruise. They say in the in the uh, footnotes at it, there won't be the usual entertainment right. and stuff. And I think special guests, they could be special guests. Like mm-hmm. They just can't promise it aboard this DVC member cruise because this is a special cruise just
1: to get you on the ship right. at the second sailing. Right, right. It, so, And at least one of the passengers has to have use their DVC points and mm-hmm. has to be a DVC member. Yeah.
0: Um, and with that, I haven't seen them list the pricing as far as uh, the monetary price right, if you, for the you, other person, for the other person. Mm-hmm. If you do want to split it and one person pays points and the other one pays, um, cash. Um, but, uh, You know, it's up to you again if that's right. We were thinking about it. We decided I think that uh, that point total might be just a little too high for us. I think we're probably looking more towards those September dates right right. now and maybe even doing a back-to-back. We'll see uh, as we get to our date coming up here when we can book and see what's available and what the pricing is.
1: Yeah, and uh, the other interesting footnote that I did see on their website is if somebody is a Disney Vacation Club member and makes, you know, the reservation and let's say has it for a room for three or four people and then that person decides not to go on the cruise there might be problems with that reservation altogether so I'll take a note of that yeah <laughs> don't, don't just back out on your points um you know if you're well or, or don't just try to book for somebody else and use your points and and then say yeah they can still use the points but i'm not going to go on it right they want the member on it
0: yep yeah so. That makes sense. So no, it's not a rental point situation there right. in that
1: regard. So uh,
0: so just a reminder of the dates uh, that are available for you to book, depending on your sailing history with mm-hmm. Disney Cruise and uh, other Disney uh, things that you've done. Um, note that the first three days can only be booked by phone, okay? So, and that is for platinum guests only. Now, that starts as of we're recording this on the 16th, May 16th. Tomorrow is the first day some uh, people can book. That is on May 17th of 2021. It's all, these, all these times start at 8 a.m. Eastern time. That is when you can first call mm-hmm. or when you can go online for years. That's when the first time you can go online and start booking. So for um, May 17th, that is... Wait, pla- but you can go online or No. You can not for the first three days, but okay. there are other days that you can book online. Oh, and it opens the same time. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. You, you won't be able to, it, it will open up for you to book at 8 a.m. Right. Right. Okay. So it's good to clarify just to be, Thanks. I don't want to confuse anybody out there for this. This is uh, important stuff here going down. So uh, for May 17th, which is tomorrow, which is Monday, uh, Platinum Castaway Club members with 25 or more sailings completed, uh, you can book Uh, through the phone by calling uh, Mm -hmm. guest relations at that point. Also, this is when DVC members will have their first opportunity to book that DVC member cruise only. You cannot book other cruises. If you want to book that DVC member cruise, you need to call Guest DVC Guest mm-hmm. Relations and book it through them uh, on that day, or at least that's the first day you can start doing that. On May 18th, it's Platinum Castaway Club members with 20-plus sailings completed. That'll be your date that mm-hmm. you have first opportunity to book. On May 19th, which is our date, yeah. uh, it will be <laughs> Platinum Castaway Club members with 15-plus sailings completed. That's when we'll be finding out if we're going to be booking (laughs) one of these sailings on uh, May 20th. You'll be able to all platinum castaway club members uh, can book and you can book online at that point. So know that that'll be your first camp. If you don't want to do go through the phone, you don't want to wait on hold all day or however long it
1: takes. um, You can book online on that day. Right. And your travel agent can book for you on those days based on, again, on, what your level is. So your travel agent can't book if you're not yet in that level but can book on those days when you Right, you qualify. Highly recommend using a travel agent when you're working with Disney Cruise. They,
0: they can be very helpful mm-hmm. in, in many regards. Uh, when they, plus you and they don't cost. It doesn't cost you anything extra. Right. To do it, the, Disney pays them. You don't pay them. The price is the price right. for you. Doesn't matter if you use a if you use a travel agent. If you don't, travel agents are great. Sometimes you get a little extra something or other for booking with them too. Yeah. So that's kind of nice. Uh, moving on to the next week on May 24th, uh, Gold Castaway Club members can do online bookings on may 20th 25th disney vacation club members who are not booking the dvc mm-hmm. member cruise and adventures by disney adventure insiders can book but that is by phone only on that day so okay. you, you cannot book online on that date. you can book through using the phone on that day on may 26th silver castaway club members can book on by phone or online on that day and may 27th all guests anybody uh, who's who? Whether you've cruised on Disney, whether you haven't, you can book by phone or online on that day. So um, again, I always recommend booking at if you're planning on doing this mm-hmm. the earlier you can get in and get it booked is almost certainly going to be the better price for you and right. so take advantage of that time so i um, really cool i'm looking forward to seeing what happens with
1: our possibilities yeah this week. yeah we have to kind of hone in on it and one of the things that they're really recommending is when you make that call is have like your first, second, and third choices kind of ready. For cabins especially, right. cruises, but also cabins. Right, just in case something that you're looking for is not available. Right, a
0: lot so. easier for that situation. I mean, when you're online, you can kind of you know scroll around and you know go back and forth, whatever, but when you're a phone, right. it's a little more difficult. So yeah, try and have some things ready to go before you go in, that's a good point, Michelle. Michelle always has the best <laughs> tips. Too funny. Now, moving away from Disney Cruise to our next story, we have another shift to a very popular fan event, and it's almost like they did this especially for Michelle. <laughs> what? Yes. This from an email we received because they needed to send this to Michelle to let her know that they were doing this for her. She said to, or they said to our Star Wars Celebration fans and friends and Michelle, <laughs> Since its inception in 1999, Star Wars Celebration has focused on bringing fans together to celebrate our shared love of all things Star Wars. As we look ahead to 2022, we are more excited than ever to welcome you back safely to the event in order to provide the best fan experience possible. And after further consideration with our hotel and venue teams, we have decided to make the decision to adjust the dates for Star Wars Celebration Anaheim 2022 from August 18th to the 21st to Michelle's birthday. I said that right in the email. Right. They just assumed everybody knew when Michelle's birthday is, and they said that right in the email. Um, No, what they actually said is they're shifting it to May 26th, Through the 29th of 2022, that happens, May 26th happens to be Michelle's birthday. Everybody give her a happy birthday (laughs) here in just a couple weeks. Um, These new dates, they say, will help, uh, will provide fans with more incredible offerings to
1: enjoy at Star Wars Celebration. That's exciting. It's exciting. Not so much because it was uh, honored around my birthday, but just for the fact that it kind of separated out to have the different events that were going to be so close together yeah you know get it to be spread out
0: and we talked about this a while back but if you didn't if you don't remember or didn't know this uh it was going to be where star wars celebration and uh d23 expo 2022 were going to be about a week apart Yeah, and that made an awful tough decision if you wanted to try and go to both i mean you could try and go to you know stay out there for a couple weeks and do both or whatever yeah so be it um, but that's a lot of money, right? So you may have to decide on one or the other. Now it's a little bit, a little bit easier if you want to go to both of them to kind of work that
1: right. out. Yeah, I guess for people flying in, maybe that that's a little disappointment if they were thinking they were going to take a couple weeks vacation yeah. and do this. But I think, yeah, for the most part, it's easier to try to break it up. Right.
0: Right. so Interesting news. I'm excited about it. Um, we're hoping to be able to go to Star Wars Celebration. We'll see about some. We have some things in the works that may throw a little monkey wrench in it, but we're hoping to be there, especially since they're doing this just for Michelle's birthday. So <laughs> uh, We'll see about it. Uh, by the way, t- they haven't said yet when tickets will become available for purchase. Of course, if you already had tickets to the Star Wars Celebration that was cancelled mm-hmm. and you didn't get a refund for them, those will still be good for you. You can get a refund for them if these dates don't work for you. Um, it's all on the Star Wars Celebration.com uh, website. Uh, go check it out there. Uh, finally, I want to wrap up our Disney stories of the week with another highly anticipated Disney movie uh, will be hitting Disney Plus at the same time it's released in theaters, which Ooh. is cool yep. if you're depending on what you're comfortable with out there. And this right. is from actual CNBC.com. Uh, they say Jungle Cruise is the latest Disney feature to find itself as part of a hybrid theatrical hybrid, easy for me to say, (laughs) theatrical and streaming release strategy. On Thursday, the studio said the film, which stars, of course, Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt, will premiere in theaters and on Disney Plus Premier Access on July 30th. So yes, uh, if you decide you want to go to the theater, more theaters are opening. You're going to have possibly more opportunities then to go do it. If you just don't want to deal with that, or if you just prefer to stay at home and pay the $29.99, I believe is what it costs for Premier Access. And we did that for, what did we do that for? We did that for... Raya and the Last right, Dragon. Right. And we, it, we we were very happy we did. We yes. would have loved to have seen it in the theaters, but they weren't in the theaters here in California at that point. We were thrilled to be able to see it yeah. at home. Uh, so it's up to you. Um, but that is another way to get to see this movie that we've been excited about since D23 Expo 2019. Oh, I
1: yeah, I can't wait. It looks like it's going to be amazing.
0: Yeah, so um, good news. Um, we'll see how this all works out. They're going to be trying this with several of their movies coming up here in the year. Because, you know, again, we just don't know what the status is. theaters how many people are going to be comfortable going into theaters at that point so at least you have options now of what you want to do whether 30 bucks is right for you that's up to you to decide but uh, you know I, i think it's very interesting
1: right yeah and you know i mean i think there's also going to be the element of where people do want to go back to theaters and it might be hard to get a ticket into a theater right away when things first really really open up who knows yeah We'll see, but I like I like options personally.
0: That's just that's just me. So that's it for the Disney stories of the week. However, we never leave you without giving you some sort of tip that might help you on your next vacation. And we always start with Michelle because one, she's gorgeous. Wonderful. <laughs> Star Wars Celebration adjusted their schedule just for Michelle's birthday. She has the best research. She has the best oh lists. Goodness. But of
1: course, she always has the best <laughs> tips. So let's get right to it. Here is Michelle's tip of the week. Oh, You're so kind. Well, um, since I've done a lot of talking today, I'll keep mine really short. Uh, and we did mention, you know, the Disney Wish bookings are coming up this week. So if you are planning to take a Disney cruise in the future and you have a medical condition that might require some special accommodations or use of special medical uh, equipment, then we wanna share with you some great news you can access the Disney Cruise Line special services department for assistance on how to plan and prepare for your trip. So um, whether you need to travel like with oxygen or insulin or have uh, food allergies that are really concerning, um, you can contact them. And for those of you who are subscribers of the newsletter, we will share with you the link for that special uh, services department, as well as an online form that can be completed and submitted to the uh, Disney Cruise Line prior to your arrival to make sure everything is all set up for you to have the most enjoyable and convenient trip.
0: Yeah, that's really good. I mean, a lot of people, you know, sometimes you're traveling with, uh, you know, some of the elderly relatives that maybe need some of these extra things. Sometimes it's the kids. Sometimes it's you. Right. Um, it's important to make sure that when you're on these cruises, when you're going to be out away from your healthcare facilities <laughs> right. that are nearby you that you have everything you need uh, for circumstances that uh, it could arise right, or right. You know, that you need just in a general basis every day. Exactly. So, so. good point. Michelle's tips. Mm-hmm. Always the best tip. Thank you. Uh, my tip this week, uh, I'm going to talk about, well, you already mentioned about the uh, Disney wish DVC member crews and mm-hmm. using points for that. Um, you can use DVC points for other vacations aside from that mm-hmm. and DVC resorts. So I just wanted to kind of quickly go through some of these things that if you are a, a Disney Vacation Club member or thinking about becoming one, uh, these are some of the things, uh, other ways that you can use your points. Now, I will say right off the kit go that using your DVC member points for Disney resort stays, especially Disney Vacation Club resort right. stays, is the best way to use yes. your points almost always. But that doesn't l- mean you can't use them in other ways. Now, um, the, one of the reasons why it's best to use them at a DVC member resort is because there are no extra fees involved right. with that. It's whatever you paid for your points and uh, your, you know, your annual dues. Right. Um, that is what the, the cost is. Um, there could be some extra things on top of it if you're gonna use some of these other ways I'm going to describe to you here. But there are things that, if you wanna do different things, if you wanna stay different places, there are ways you can do it. Um, most of these require a $95 fee on top of using your points. Just gonna tell you that right off the bat. It's just a flat $95 fee. Um, we already talked about booking on the Disney Cruises. Uh, they don't have to be DVC member cruises, right. of course. I mean, the, those are fun. Those are great. You should. Look, uh, we're looking forward to doing one soon uh, as we can. Not mm-hmm. this one coming up on the Wish, <laughs> but another one at some point. Um, but you can use those. Sometimes there are discounted points mm-hmm. sailings, and uh, DVC will announce those. And uh, just like with the DVC member cruises, you can split those one as long as you have at least one guest using DVC points. Mm-hmm. You can pay for the other one with cash right. and kind of not you know split up those points. Uh you can also use them for other Disney resort properties they're called like it's called the Disney Collection series. Right. Uh if you really want to stay at something like say Pop Century or whatever which isn't a DVC right. A resort. You can do that. Again, there is a $95 fee and you know the, the points will range, but you can call guest relations at DVC mm-hmm. and say, I'd like to stay at Pop Century. There is a chart on the, the site of right. how much the points cost, but you can also ask them and you can use your points in that way. Um, It also doesn't uh, limit you just to Walt Disney World locations. You can also uh, stay at Disney resorts around the world at Disneyland, Mm -hmm. you know, at Paradise Pier Hotel. um, When the Disneyland hotel reopens, we've done points to stay there before. There's no fee actually at this point right now for staying at the Disneyland hotels because they're so limited in their DVC uh, resort locations at this moment. So uh, you can also use them at Disneyland Paris, Hong Kong Disneyland. Tokyo Disney Resort. So if you're looking to travel once traveling opens up freely again, um, you can use your points there as well. Maybe you want to go to some other nice spots around the U.S. and internationally and you you might want to check out the Concierge Collection, which has uh, great hotels in places like Hawaii, New York City, Cancun, Mexico, London, England. Uh, Go look at that and see if one of those works for you and you can talk with them about that and use your points there. And of course, they have many, many more places you can use through their World Collection which uses a company called uh, named RCI to book hundreds of destinations right. around the world, not just these limited places that are in the uh, the concierge collection. Uh, you can go through their website and peruse and see all these different possibilities that you might be able to use your points there. If you use RCI, you'll need to convert your points into RCI points. Right. Um, so it's a little bit more of a process, but it's something that you can do. So if you're interested in doing any of these, um, just call the Disney Vacation Club member services. The, the number there is 800-800-9800. Again, 800-800-9800. And talk with them and uh, see about booking one of these great things. But again, I would suggest... The best way to use your points is at a DVC member resort.
1: Right. Great tip to know that there are such a variety of ways to use those Disney Vacation Club points. And I know when we were first considering it and hadn't been educated on what DVC had to offer, it was was something that we hadn't considered even all those options. Yeah. Which we haven't used
0: yet. Honestly, we've used only used our points for DVC resort stays, except for the Disneyland Disneyland, one. Yeah. But I mean, not as far as the concierge collection or any of the other things. Um, but it is possible out there for you to do these adventures by Disney. Also another thing you can use your points for if you want to. Um, So, you know, we may, I mean, that was part of the things that, yeah, like Michelle was talking about, helped us decide is like, because we love doing Disney. We like to vacation Disney Mm -hmm. often, but occasionally we like to go to Europe or some other locations around the world. And we are like, okay, well, you know, this kind of limits us if we're putting so much money into DVC. Once we talked about it and found out more about it, we realized, you know, it actually opens up some of these places a little more for us in other ways. So um, definitely good things to know. Yes. And if you Great have any questions uh, for us uh, uh, about this, we'd be happy to answer them if we can. But the best people to talk to are the right. DBC guest relations people. So that's it for this week. Next week, well, as we discussed in the Disney Stories of the Week, for most of you, your chance to book a sailing aboard the Disney Wish will open up next week. Right. I mean, there are some people that will open up this week as this episode comes out. But for most of you, right. it's going to be the following week. So leading into that, we thought we'd talk about all the stuff we love about Disney cruising right. give you some tips maybe talk about what we're excited about for the Disney wish um, we're just going to do a Disney cruise based episode next week just to build the excitement like it needs
1: to be built anymore right. for the Disney wish <laughs> yes yes you know and share some of our experiences and um, just some new ideas of having some fun on a Disney cruise line mm-hmm. and we love your questions if there's anything you want to ask about yes. cruising with Disney
0: uh, we've done many cruises we well, we're 15 plus platinum right um and we've sailed other cruise lines as well so um, we can compare contrast and we could answer most of your questions if you have them for us not necessarily about the disney wish because we don't we probably know about as much about it as you do but one thing we might be able to answer next week is when we'll be sailing aboard the <laughs> disney wish we hope we'll have an answer for that uh for you on that episode as well
1: right and i think i have some news about the disney wish that that hasn't really been broadcast a lot. Michelle always has the best (laughs) secret knowledge,
0: of course. So Uh, we appreciate that you joined us today. In the future, you can find us most everywhere you get podcasts. However, the very best place to find us is on our own website, com.
1: And while you're there, we really would appreciate you signing up for our newsletter.
0: Please sign up for the newsletter again. We're going to have those links that Michelle has promised you. And we also have some other things out there. There's another thing that's floating out there that I didn't mention again yet because I'm not ready to put it out to the general public. I will be later this week but those of you who received the newsletter know about this other thing that we're requesting of you Uh, so uh, please subscribe to the newsletter to find out what that's all about but just more to be more involved in the Hyperion Adventures podcast world another way to do that is to follow us on social media please find us on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast Facebook, Instagram and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast we are on YouTube hopefully you checked out our disneyland return slideshow video and some of these episodes on youtube Uh, if you wanted to check us out there just do a search for hyperion adventures podcast hit subscribe you'll know whenever we have a new video and if you ever want to contact us for any reason please hit us up
1: at our gmail account hyperion adventures podcast at gmail.com that's right and we also love hearing about your feedback through another source which is reviews so if you have an, a moment and you haven't done it yet, please take time to give us a review, give us star, or even just a star rating, five star, um, <laughs> and. Five star, uh, five star. And most importantly, please tell a friend about our podcast. Yeah,
0: that's the easiest way to do it. Our reviews are, of course, appreciated. It lets us know how we're doing as a show. And if you do give us a five-star review, uh, we will, of course, read that on the show as well. So That's it. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. Until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that you have a magical week. Bye.